was good. Huh. Well, I um, the uh, the conference title <laughs> uh, is is paradigm shift, right? And um, we're trying to think a new way. My desire when I was asked to come down here, and I think, well, I know was to help us get to where we're thinking his way, um, to have his mind, have his understanding. I know myself, but I know most of us have been either directly taught or indirectly taught. So that we're taught by words and we're taught by non-words, right? Um, that you can't know what God thinks. His ways are too high. His ways are high, but we're supposed to go up there to be there, right? So if, if you don't go up there, they are away from you. But I'm just still learning. He loves us so much. He wants to be with him. And, he, and um, he's with us. So we can be with him, and it's, it's a good thing. So we have the opportunity to um, repent, you know, from our way of thinking, our way of doing, and accept his way of thinking and accept his way of doing. And the cool thing is he even empowers us to do it his way if we'll think his way. But if we don't think his way, we won't even want his ways, <laughs> you know. So this is kind of a, a vicious little loop there, right? And on the, the, the theme for these books I'm writing, and as you ponder that deal, I'm writing a fourth book right now on the Father. And as I shared before the meeting about all the help I got from the first book, if any of y'all want to help on this next book, the fun thing about helping is you get to read the book as it's being produced, okay? And you get to be a part of it. Okay, and uh, so I've never offered that before to real people. <laughs> There's no one real on Facebook. We're all imaginary. Yeah, so if you're a real person, you can help me. But cause, well, what I'm saying is I'm going to offer it to you. I'm not going to offer it to my Facebook people. Maybe one, because she was a really good editor. But and no pressure. And what I'm, what I'm expecting to put on you is I'll put a chapter out there. I would expect you to read it and give me your feedback, you know. And your feedback can be, dude, where's some commas, <laughs> you know. Or, and this section wasn't clear to me. Could you maybe put an illustration there? I almost got it, but I think it would help. Because these books aren't written for me. They're written for you and, and them who are not here. Um, that's what I'm gifted to do is to equip believers, right? I need to put stuff in you, around you, whatever, so you're stronger. You're a better you in doing what your God called you to do. Okay, and that's just my part, right? Um, we all have parts, so you need to know that. But in the first part of my first book, um, I I put this scripture in there, and it's Matthew twenty three thirteen. And I want repent for this too. <coughs> the scripture says in Matthew 
23:13 amplified but woe to you scribes and pharisees you pretenders you hypocrites for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces for you neither enter in yourselves nor do you allow those who are about to go in to do so and another translation the new living or new nlt i forget what it stands for what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourself, and you don't let others go in either. Now when I read that, I felt self-righteous, and I could point the finger at all these teachers, te pastors, teachers, friends, who had said, be afraid, watch out, be careful, don't go, that's bad, da-da-da-da. And I, I felt self-righteous because I was pointed at them. And I've pointed at dominations. Most of my pastors were Southern Baptist pastors. I grew up in a Protestant church, my dad's army, so you go to the Protestant deal. Years later, I find out those Protestant chaplains all had, they were from some denomination. <laughs> I thought I was free. <laughs> but anyway, and so I, in my, when I read this, I thought, those Pharisees out there, those who've kept me from the great truths of the God, they've hindered my relation to the Father. And as I was pointing, the Lord was pointing at me. I said, oh, you're pointing some behind me, right? <laughs> and he said, you're just like them. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a platform. I don't, I don't, you know. And um, so, and I've not shut the door in front of anybody. He says, if you're not going through doors, your lifestyle is shutting the door. Mm -hmm. I went, come on, give me a break, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it as bad. And then I was like, well, I'm not shutting the door as bad as that guy shutting the door, <laughs> you know. But so it was like, stop getting on them. Your lifestyle of passivity or lifestyle of keeping it secret is indirectly shutting the door. And I went, what am I going to do? You need to love people and stop living for yourself and live a life for them. Well, I'm selfish. So that's this kind of mature. So I personally want to repent for myself and all other authorities. Anyone who's called to be a leader, and we're all leaders, but people are reading your life. I don't care who you are. People are watching you and looking at you, and your life is preaching and teaching and talking all the time. And so I had to take accountability for this and realize I have shut the door. I have either not, in, when someone else went through the door, I said, well, are you sure you want to do that? And that's not encouraging. That's like, uh, you know. And that little bit of my non-supportive caused them to think about not pursuing God. Darn it, right? Yeah, or fear to rise, or to give place to fear, or all that stuff, right? And so I'm like, man. So what I what I so I repent for my part in shutting doors, my part of not going through, my part of stopping you, you or the user hearing this from going through, because those categories have created impotent, armchair, powerless people. Okay. Um. I want to start living a life where I'm opening doors, right? I am myself going through, right? And I let others go through too, you know? They can even go through before me. 
<laughs> you know? Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me check it out first. I want to be first here. I love being first. I, and I want to tell you how good it is, and I might let you go see what I see. But, but what I understand is letting others enter is just not, you know, blocking the door. It's helping them make it easier for them. So the simple thing is, if you do go to heaven, if you do have an encounter, don't share it in a, in a spooky way. Share it. I went. You can go. No, really, you can go. Well, yeah. you don't know me. No, no, really, you can go. We all can go. It's not, well, you see, after you go to Bible school in Sweden, which I went, and after you've played college football for four years under Barry Switzer, then, and after you're invited by Billy Graham to a special meeting, and after you talk to Justin Abraham in your car, after you qualify yourself, then you can go through the door. Hallelujah. But until you've done all these things, that's good. just listen to my tapes. Come on. And maybe someday God might bring you around on the way. Or what I just or what I just went through is that's not important. The important thing yeah. is you have to go preach the good news to Okay. Anyway, hold on. So I'm trying to just listen. It's good stuff. And, and so that is true. But the funny thing for me right now is I have to get out of Talking mode and teaching mode, you know. And so I, I'm not stopping that, but I. Okay, so we're back. Um, and there's folks. Um, so just for all, there's people online here too listening. So anything you say will be held against you. <laughs> um, so um, so back to reality. So um, we have to live a life which is available to everybody, right? Um, you need everyone looking at my life needs to know that God loves them too. Amen. Right. That there's more for them too, just not set aside for those who find the secret, you know, that kind of deal. And um, so I repent for living like I've got something you don't got, <laughs> you know. I repent for I've got something that you can't get, <laughs> right? I got something that I I repent for I I forget how God loves me. And I'm not sure about you, <laughs> you know. I repent for all kind of stuff, right? But in my role as a leader and authority of living a life of a hypocrite, as a pretender, as of that, I shut the door directly, indirectly, all kind of ways, right? And so, so for me, uh, if I'm not doing this, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm shutting doors. Mm-hmm. But when I'm walking in my calling, mm-hmm. I'm opening doors. Hallelujah. When I'm doing what I'm called to do, if I'm being me, I'm not being a hypocrite. I'm not being a pretender. I'm not being somebody else. Well, this is good. I like this. If you be who you are, then it'd be good for everybody else. Right? When you're not who you are, you're hurting everybody else. Okay? Well, that's a good flip there, right? We, we, li- we like the first one, you know. But when you're not who you are, you're hurting people too. You thought... If you be fake, you wouldn't hurt people. Anyway, so, so just be everybody. Be who you're supposed to be. Um, so coming down here and preparing this, uh, here, here's one for you. The term Christian, you know, we all want to be, you know, was a title that is not from heaven. It's a title from earth. It's first used in the book of Acts. And so we've all been taught, hey, Christian means Christ-like or little, little Christ, you know. 
and I wrote down, it was adopted by the church, perverted by religion, trampled on by people, by secular people. Okay. We are not Christ-like. Christ lives in us. There's a big difference between Christ-like and having the indwelling Jesus who wants to express himself through us. Now, day one, there's no difference. There's a big difference one, the reality versus the substitute, right? And what I, what I heard was, if I accept that title of Christian, then I'm limiting what he can do through me, okay? And we've all done this, you know. Hi, I'm a Christian. Oh, you're one of those Bible goers. Oh, you're a church goers. You, you can't watch football on Sunday. They have a pers- people have a definition assigned with that term, okay? And so we deal with them. They're just, they're just going to hell. Fine. But then the church, when you take on the title Christian, we have our own definition of that. And we all settle to Christ-like. What does that mean? It's pretty good. But Christ-like is not Christ in me. Christ-like is, I'm like Kevin, who's way over there. I can dress like Kevin. I can buy a hat like Kevin. I can go live in Kevin's town. But I can't be Kevin. But Jesus says, let me fix that. I'm going to come in you. And God says, I'm going to conform you into my son's image. Or you can be almost like him. You can be less than. Or you can be. And I went like, so what do, you want, what do you want to be? You want to be like me in some ways or be all that I am? Mm. And I went, is that possible? <laughs> right? I thought, I thought the title Christian was cool. <laughs> you know? It's better being, you know, other titles. But it's, it was a label by a secular group trying to put you in a box. Okay? Mm. That's a good box, but it's still a limiting box, right? So, and, and we got to work on not putting God in the box, right? I mean, it's only in, in this 12 months of year that I finally accept the word that we're just not in a universe, it's a multiverse, okay? Last year, or in the last three years, when they said Pluto wasn't a planet, I flipped out. Excuse me, all my life, Pluto was a planet. And I'm holding on to that. You can't, you know, sorry, not a planet anymore. It's a star. What? And that was a mind shift, right? I grew up with Pluto being a planet. Not that I've ever been there, but I was, I was safe and secure with my knowledge that Pluto's a planet. My daughter comes home, Dad, Pluto's a star. No, it's not. You know, how many other beliefs, understandings we have are going to be challenged? Yes. Amen. You know? Hallelujah. And see, our, our life is about change, right? And so this meeting's about a paradigm shift uh, dealing with our beliefs. I'm hoping that we can exchange our current knowledge, understanding stuff for all of his stuff, right? Now I'm thinking like, how does all the mind of God fit in here? I don't know, right? But but we get some hope from science, you know, this whole DNA thingy. In one DNA show, we can put all the knowledge of all history in one little deal. I'm like... All knowledge of all history can go in, in one little bit of my DNA? Well, shoot, maybe I can't get the rest of the mind of God in the rest of my DNA. You know, you know, so there's our capacity from science, secular, it's all being just, you can know more, you can be more. Technology, remember, 
I remember the first calculator. I guess I'm kind of old now. <laughs> I remember living in Huntsville, Alabama. And my dad came home with a Sears calculator that was as big as, half as big as my laptop. We were hot stuff. I had a calculator that was this big, you know. And now they're down to, you can have calculators on your phone, right? You know. Do you remember the, the, the first cell phones that had the whole thing? And they were, you, you had to work out to carry them, you know. <laughs> you know? And I, how about this one? We had a microwave. It was as big as an oven, <laughs> you know. I'm sure there was radiation poison we all got because you turn it on and it's like, you know, the whole kitchen's glowing, right? We're all thinking, yay, we're cooking fast, faster. No, we're all cooking. <laughs> and so we're radiating the whole home, right? But we had this microwave that you didn't have to wait, you know, 45 minutes to heat up your pizza. Now you could put it in there and bing, the bell go off, you run in there. And, or more importantly, we all stare at it going in a circle. <laughs> And so we've all been transformed by something. <laughs> yeah. Or anyway, so all I'm saying is, uh, from all realms, from the Lord says, you know, be, be renewed in your mind, be transformed. Romans twelve one and two. He's always talking about change. Behold me, you can go from glory to glory. Hebrews, you go from strength to strength. It's all about transition, right? Uh, it, it goes better if we go with the flow. Amen. Okay. Now the cool thing that God is, He's like. Well, you don't have to. You can stop anywhere you want to along the way. All right. And then we think that's his permission, and it is his permission, but it's not his great desire. Amen. You know, he wants us to be like him. Ooh, hallelujah. But he was not going to make us be like him. He's not going to force us. At growing up in the Lord, you know, um, I thought, you know, the, the model in front of me was, you know, you've the most mature person, you've arrived when you become in ministry, right? So my view of ministry was you get some message, somehow you get a jet. I don't know how that works, but you get a jet. <laughs> and they would fly you, they'd fly you someplace, they'd pick you up at the airport, you speak for 20 minutes, you come in right after the worship, they introduce you, you speak for 20 minutes. Uh, somehow the money got to you. I wasn't quite sure how that got, but somehow you got this money, lots of it, because you've arrived, right? And and then you get back to your jet and you fly off to the next spot. And so I guess they wired the money to you, whatever, you know, because you had to wear those cool clothes and you were special and you got special food. And that was ministry. So that was where I wanted to go. Fly around, speak, be loved by millions, have a TV thing going, popular thingy. I thought that was it, right? And so that's what I wanted my goal to be. And um, then I looked at myself, oh, I'm not worthy of that goal. So then I gave God a list of like 20 plus things why I couldn't be this man of God. This false image here, but my bad list. But to my surprise, the Lord removed everything off my list. From, I mean, just removed them all. From shame and unworthiness and uh, he can't use football player. I mean, all this stuff that I had, you know. And so now there was nothing on my list and still this image, right? And I thought, now what do I do? I have no excuses. I can't say, well, Father, I'm not, oh, it's all gone. I'm not in debt. I mean, it was all, everything, you know. So I was like, hmm, well, let's forget that. Let's put that aside. I just want to travel, <laughs> you know, and I did. And I go to Sweden, and I, in my desire at that time, there was a man of God whose books and videos and stuff were changing my life. And I said, hey, I hate groupies. 
I wanted to meet him for real, right? Because I don't want to think he's fake, you know? Um, so, Lord, my prayer request is for this year is I want to have a Coke with this guy. I want a face-to-face. No public, no crowd. I don't want you to perform for me. I just want to know who you are, you know, out of, this, out of the limelight, right? So I go over, and it ends up being in Sweden. He was an American. I go over there, and um, I get there, and I walk into something brand that blew my mind. I want to go through there. But it blew my mind so much that I didn't care anymore about having the Coke, right? I was like, God, look at this. <laughs> and so four days go by, and uh, we go into Stockholm, and now it's a free day, right? And now I'm like, okay, do I want to go talk, spend time with the two pastors from England who are changing their country? Or do I want to spend time with that older California pastor who's changing California? Or do I want to go spend time with that lady who's beautiful, who looks like a princess, who already has her wedding dress, who's believing God to bring her a prince, who's not flaky? Or do I want to spend time? So there's these godly people that I thought I wasn't sure to spend. So I'm trying to figure out who to go with. And right at that moment, the taxi pulls up, and the guy who I want to have a Coke, who I wanted to have a Coke with, says, well, what are you doing? I said, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to go spend the day with. He goes, come with me. I go, I say, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I say that. I don't need you anymore. I'm good. He goes, what? <laughs> and I, I heard myself say that. I thought, what? <laughs> you know, because I had listened to his books. I mean, I, mean book, I had all his books. Begged, stole, and borrowed money to go to conferences. Watched all of his tapes. Our church watched all this stuff, you know. And now I'm saying, and God answers the prayer, you know. He's asking me to go with him. And I'm like, I don't need you anymore. Because I was, my needs were being met in a different way. And the Lord says, excuse me, this is your Coke. I went, I said, God, I don't need it anymore. I'm good. I mean, you've now told me, you know, I'm, you know. He goes, no, go do this. I go, okay. All right, I'll go with you, even though I don't need you anymore. So I get in the cab. Now I'm thinking, okay, now that I'm with you, we're, not, we're now going to go to what's the real source of your spirituality? Where are we going in Stockholm? Because I'm now with the godly guy. All right, we're going to Hard Rock Cafe. Hard Rock Cafe? Isn't it a secular place? I thought the godly people went to special spiritual centers and we got special water that was on my list special water <laughs> I, I, I thought it was special water you know and there's special foods and special water and i didn't have access to the special food and water <laughs> so i thought we were going to the special food he said hard, hard rock cafe huh so we get to hard rock cafe and i thought well they have coke <laughs> I, I guess you know i asked for a coke yeah. and so they get there and um, and I'm thinking we're going to have a one-on-one deal in a little booth, right? We walk in this room, and there's these, all these other international ministers. There's me, who uh, I've just learned to prophesy. I love studying the Bible. I'm a good, pretty good student of the Word. Um, did my own tape series that I made myself, sent it to my friends. <laughs> Designed my little cover, recorded all the cassettes, mailed them out, you know. So, I mean, you know, I'm in a ministry of my own mind, right? But I'm on the table of all these people, right, who are, have titles and platforms and churches, right? And the guy I want to have a Coke with. So I'm sitting next to him with my Coke, and we order. 
And I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of cool. This is like a double bonus deal. Coke and access to other guys, right? So everything's going fine until one of them says, hey, you ever got on the church, uh, what is it, in Missouri? The one with the, uh, the offering plates, which are at the fake bottom? I went, I'm thinking I must have heard wrong because in my view of ministry, there are no bad churches out there because you fly in and they give you thousands of dollars because they love you and love the word of God in you. You fly out. They just said there's a church somewhere out there that has, they passed from the offering. There's a fake bottom in it. So the money goes in, usher pushes the money down so the plate looks empty. Okay. And I went like, and so one guy says it, then another guy cries, yeah, I've been there. And I'm thinking, it's a real place? I thought you were theoretically speaking. Yeah, a lady came up to me. She put her diamond ring in there as an offering. She came up and told me that. And then when I left that day, I, I could see from the, from the pulpit all this green. And they gave me $38 and no diamond ring. And the guy goes, yeah, that happened to me too. So I'm going like, Oh, I, I thought once you arrived, all was good. I thought, well, that was just, I'd never go to Missouri. That's right, don't go to Missouri. <laughs> and then another guy goes, that's nothing. Have you been to that church where the witches at? Wow. I went, excuse me, churches are not allowed to have witches. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the pastor's wife's a witch. Pastor's wives are not allowed to be witches. I have a rule here. <laughs> Each pastor. I'm saying, I'm thinking, what, what are you guys talking about? Because in my, my mind, I'm thinking, there are no pastors' wives, which are witches, because there's a rule about that someplace. You know, there's, I love the scripture, but I'm pretty sure once you arrive, there are no problems, and there are no bad offerings, even though there's this one church. But now there's a church for the witch, there's a pastor's wife. And I'm thinking, like, now fear is rising up in me, right? Because I think once you arrive, you're okay, right? And I'm thinking, like, so please don't talk about, oh, yeah, I went there. My wife would preach, and we would tag team. I came back to the hotel room, and she was dying. My wife was dying on the bed. <coughs> and she was, she was laying there and felt there was uh, 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 arms around her neck strangling her. I jumped on her and cast the thing off, and we prayed, and the Lord said, the pastor's wife is cursing your wife because she's jealous. And I went, and I'm like, so my eyes are now this big. I'm now not eating, right? And so I'm sitting there, and every, every minister around the table is sharing these horror stories. about, And they're, they're blowing my picture up, right? My image of ministry is being shattered, right? I don't want this anymore because there's bad people out there, and wives can be witches, which I didn't know was allowed. And pastor's wives can be witches. I'm thinking, I thought pastor's wives played the piano. Mm -hmm. or worship leaders. I didn't know witchcraft was an option. I just didn't know. I was uninformed, right? So basically, the stories got worse, right? I left that meal going, I am not going to ministry. And God, you, I, I, you, I don't want you to make me go in there because it's bad out there. I'm going to stay where I am. And the Lord didn't say anything. You know, Stay safe, right? So a year later, I ended up going to that Bible school, right? And during that year... Um, I'm standing there. Um, no, after that meeting, go with the conference. And the last meeting was anyone con considering going to Bible school here? Why don't you come forward? Well, I ran up there because I'm 
trying to be a God after man's own, a man after God's own heart. Oh, God after man's heart. You know? <laughs> anyway. um, and so while I'm standing there and for prayer, I have a vision. And in the vision, um, I'm in a room. My room, for the first time ever, is all clean. Things are in order. Which I knew it was an image of my life. Things were, my life was out of order, you know. I was the king of my life, and I, I, loving I, right. But this vision, the there was not clutter on the, on the floor, and the tables were clean, and the books were neatly there. I was surprised that this was my life, you know. And then the Lord entered my life, you know, and, and it was good. And I was, I was proud of what he had made and what I had participated in. And I'm thinking, this is it. I've arrived, you know. I'm happy to share my life with the Lord, you know, because he comes in your heart. You know, we hide things. Don't go in that room. It's not quite ready yet. <laughs> you know? That's the secret part. That's my pornography. Don't go there. You know, yeah. come to this room. This is my worship room, not the pornography room. You know, so, but now I was open. It was really cool. So I'm thinking, Lord, we've arrived. We're mature now. Things are in order. Isn't this great? Because that's nice. He goes, come over here. He says, let's look at the window. I said, I don't have a window. He says, no, you do. <laughs> and he put his finger through my brick wall there. And he says, look out there. And I looked out there, and it was just like stars in space. It was just limitless. And he says, well, you want that, or you want to stay here? Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought the goal was a clean room, <laughs> a house in order, right? Which is pretty good because my house is, you know, who I was is really, you know. I thought this is great. He goes, you can stay here or go with me there. I go, um, I, I don't see any boundaries. I don't see any. I don't. I don't I, 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 there was no definition out there. Okay. It was just. And I thought. But I, I, I like this. I'm used to this. I know every book in my shelf. I know where everything is. The carpet's clean. My one carpet. It's all, I know where everything, I'm familiar. I'm happy. Mm. Finally. I'm happy with me. Happy with my stuff. I used to hate me. Everyone loved me, but inside I hated me, right? But outside, oh, well, you're great, you know? Inside, I don't like me. Outside, you're great. Yeah. But now I like me and love me. And I was all well. I was all happy. He went, he wants to hear or go there? Wow. We just got here. <laughs> we just got cleaned up, you know. I said, well, that's a small little hole. He goes, I'll fix that. <sighs> Whole wall's gone. <laughs> and I go, I don't know where we're going. He goes, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're going to go with me. So I can go with you to the unknown or stay here with you in the known. Yeah. And there was no pressure at all. He had been just as happy with me to stay in the little room. But he knew that I would not be happy staying there in the little room. And so he offered me everything else. Right? And so I'm I'm now journeying leaving that room, honestly. I still don't think I'm not out there. I'm just my foot's uh, I mean one foot in in familiar and one foot dangling, <laughs> you know. And so, what is, all, what is that going to, this, where we're at? A paradigm shift. We have to be open to whatever he presents. You'll be presented with lots of stuff, 
lots of information, lots of knowledge, lots of choices. And I'm just saying we need to choose him, right? And choose whatever he brings up. And that's that'd be good. So we gotta repent for being small minded and wanting to stay familiar. But so that little box, that little room happens when we get labeled. So accept don't accept any labels. Now, I don't mean slap everybody. They try to put a label on you. Just don't accept it yourself. Don't accept the title, even though they'll put a title on you. You know, I've been titled everything. You know, just don't. Because what happens, you start believing that title. And you limit yourself, right? Um, accept nothing from men. Now, take their money. But don't take the what's tied to the money. Well, here's $1,000, if you will. You know, you know. Don't watch out for those little hooks, you know. Hey, Wally, can you come down and uh, share? But uh, don't bring your drum and uh, don't bring that Seven Spirits book and don't talk about the five these five different things. But we'll take care of you, housing, gas, da, da, da. but as long as you don't deal with A, B, C, D, F, and G, that's a hook, right? Yeah. Don't 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 take that. Even though it's pretty good. It's better than zero, right? You know. What? Someone want me someone wants me to come someplace? I'm so honored. <laughs> yeah. That's for man. Don't try not try not to do that. Um and the scripture will help you on that. Romans thirteen eight. Keep out of debt and owe no man anything. Don't be obligated to people, you know. Let your promotion come from the Father. Yes. Okay. Now, this is, this is hard, okay? This is not eased up, but it will come back to you. And if, when you choose wrong, don't go, oh, I'm out. You're not out. You just made a wrong choice, you, and you have another testimony, you know? And that's, that's okay, so don't do that. Uh, whatever you receive from earth binds you to the earth. Oh, wow. And that, I just got that this last night at the wee hours this morning. I went, everything? Every, so that means... If I want to be bound to heaven, I need to get more things from heaven. Right? Amen. Or I can spend my time getting things from earth. Now, there's a lot of good things on earth, right. but I don't want to be bound to earth now that I know I can be, I don't have to be bound to earth. I thought I had to be bound to earth, you know. But I, you, now all, you now all know, wow, we can be bound to heaven. Because Jesus, set your mind here. But... Can I understand where we're going? Well, if you wait to understand, you won't go. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm patient. I'll wait until I understand. I'm going to hold my breath. Make you tell. Wait. God doesn't take manipulation very well. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, so, part of me. And so hopefully in, in this, you know, this last session, and, and again, all, the, all these, the three sessions were recorded, or are recorded, mm-hmm. and there's stuff in them that um, um, would be good for you to, to re-listen to, okay? Because this one part here, when I was preparing, he said, you need to impart life suits. I said life suit. Life suits are, are, are a self-contained environment. Because um, it's time to equip people to go to those places, and you need when to go there, wherever the theirs are, you need to carry your own atmosphere. Okay, what does that mean? You need to realize the one who's your supplier, the one who's made you all, 
make you all sufficient. The one who's your equipper is with you. He's living. He wants to be active in your life. Right now, he's, he's abiding in you, waiting to partner with you. And until you believe he exists here, not just, or in my case, I know he's with Billy Graham. I know he's with, you know, but he's actually with you too. Amen. And he's waiting for you to say, Father, what do you want to do today? Yeah. He's going like, well, okay, I'm glad you asked. And then he's really saying, what are you going to allow me to do today? And we think, I'm not holding you back from doing anything. And in reality, we are. Right? Um, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a vessel container of something awesome. But the awesome one wants to express himself through us. But he's not, we're not puppets. He's not going to take over your body and make you do something. He wants, to yield, he wants us to yield to him. And he wants to touch this world. He wants to change this world. He wants the glory that's in him to come out of us. He wants to work with us to do all the stuff. Yeah. I'm like, who am I that you would work through? Surely, if I'm picking a team, I wouldn't pick me to transform the world. And that's a simple one. He goes, like, look who I picked with Jesus. Look at those guys. That's a great study. You know, if you, know, you want to start. Those 12 guys, and just the fact Judas was a first-round draft choice. And we know what he did, right? <laughs> and I like going, how did you pick Judas? I mean, you know, he did. You are my team. Even Bad. though he knew that he was going to be That's right. Him. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, I portrayed the Lord a lot of times. God still picked me. That blows my mind. You know? In full knowledge of my past, present, and future, he still picked me. If, I've lied, stolen, sinned. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right? Okay. I've said, I love you, Lord. Hold on, I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> okay. Right. Time out. I need to do some real stuff. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I've been spiritual all week. <laughs> yeah. I need some me time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is real, right? You yeah. okay with real? You know? Yeah, or do you want some fake stuff? Well, you know, if you just go to church on Sunday and give him a couple hours, he's pleased with that. No, he's not. <laughs> we think he is. This is a thought that's in our belief, right? We've been taught if, if you just do a few things, God will accept that, and then the rest is yours. Because they taught that because that's what they did. Right? Then you find some strange people who give it all, and they're the odd one. And you go like, ooh, that's weird. Stay away from the fanatic, you know. We label them fanatic, you know. And then, but then when you, when, kooks, flakes, you know. I did all that stuff. Or I, I was a good labeler guy. That's right. <laughs> and never go any place where the mystic is, you know. So. <laughs> That's her story. She goes, I'm going to go to the meeting, but I'm going to go as a watchman. <laughs> and you guys are all, y'all be famous for the rest, the rest of this year. I'll be giving testimonies about one time was the meeting, this one lady came as a watchman. <laughs> anyway, so I won't use your name, Kim. Oh, <laughs> We get to expand the boundaries of our brain. Now, we don't have to expand them ourselves, but if we will say, Father, expand me, 
he'll work with you. He won't just go, you know, like I like my coach did one time. I was, and well, here's the analogy because I'm on this machine. It was a Nautilus machine. It's called a double chest deal, and um, I'm big, but my friends are much bigger. So I have a friend. His name was I can't say his name on the tape, but. I'm I'm six one. He's six seven three forty. Right. I'm in college. I'm six one two twenty two. He is so big. When you put a coke can in his hand, he can cover the coke can. He can hide a coke can in his hand. Right. He is so big. The coke can looks like a Dixie cup. It's really weird, right? <laughs> he is so big. When we walk around campus, they go, "You play football." Well, he must play tennis. <laughs> that's how big that's how big this guy is right and it always it blew my ego all the time we're not walking around campus anymore because the girls don't look at me they look at you <laughs> and this really doesn't help me you know my whole pickup thing is blown you know you know so I need to hang out with some tennis players you know and I look great you know so Anyway, so me and him would work out together, right? He was bigger and stronger, so to get bigger and stronger, you hang out with stronger people. That's right. Okay? You want more anointing? Hang out with anointing people. That's right. You find someone who loves God more than you? Hang out with that person. Find the secret. Okay. Anyway, so in this double chest machine, uh, we bring it in here, hold it, and he would slowly pull it apart, right? And the way you get stronger physically is you break down your muscles. You, You tear them up, and they rebuild. Okay, the more the resistance, the bigger you get. Spiritually, the more the resistance, the stronger you get. Okay. Anyway, so one day I go through my workout and my friend's not there, so I'm doing this, going, "Wait a minute, who's going to pull them apart?" <laughs> and so one of our assistant coaches, who is an all-American, big guy, you know, I see him around the. Machine. I go, "Hey, coach, come over and pull these apart." Now I. Said that in come pull this apart like my partner pulls them apart very slow, right? Because I want to build a muscle. He heard it as, I bet you can't pull this apart because I'm stronger than you are. He came over and went, wham! And it went, I felt a rip right here. I felt the rip, right? And I thought, wow, I feel that burn, right? And I, I went, whoa, that was better than other guy. And I went, wham, and I wham. I, so I finished my work. I walk across the street to my room. I pull off my shirt. I got two cuts right here. Oh. Cuts. My skin is ripped, really ripped. And if we were in the summer, summertime, we'd go out, and, and I'd take off my shirt, and I still have these scars right here. They're so deep. When I go running around places when I was younger, like, what happened there? And I would joke people. Yeah, I was wrestling with a tiger, and the tiger got me and ripped me right there because they, they're that deep, right? <laughs> really? Look at those marks, you know, and they go, oh. So this is the expansion, okay? It takes someone else other than yourself to expand you. If you want it, he will do it. He won't do it your way. <laughs> He'll do it his way. Very, very effective. Most of us don't want it. We'll say we want it. He knows we don't want it, so he doesn't do it. Okay. But when we get to the place where we really, really, really want it, his way, he'll make you and make it possible for you. Okay. And it's all about desire, right? 
And it's really about trust. You know, I desire this, and I trust that you're able to do it. Okay? And that's what really yielding is, is yielding is desire and the trust. But the transformation can happen. And the desire is, like I said earlier, you know, when I come to a meeting or any engagement at all with a person one-on-one, I just don't want to transfer, and really Tamara said this to me, you don't want a, I don't just want knowledge, I want transformation. But earlier this year, I said, I'm tired of this interaction, I want transformation. So whenever I engage with God, I, the scripture, I know I can be transformed from glory to glory. I've upped that to where, well, if God's in Jeff, if I'm talking to Jeff, maybe I can tap into God and Jeff, and I can be transfigured from my talking to someone I don't know, but I know God in him. Maybe this interaction can be just as transformational as some cool meeting or my own private time or whatever. Yeah. So now what I do when I come to a meeting with, whether it's Skype, whether it's live, I'm believing for the same kind of transfiguration that I read about in Matthew 17:1, when Jesus took him up on the hill and his face started glowing and everything went white, right? That's what I'm believing for right now for me. I have no idea what you're believing for, but I will be changed. I've set myself to be changed. I'm setting myself regularly and habitually. You know, all the leaders in the secular, whatever you do in private or whatever you do as a habit, that's what really makes you. So I'm trying to set the habit for myself. Whenever I engage with another being who is a spirit being, who I know God dwells in, I'm expecting to be conformed to his image, not you, Kim, or Dale, but Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? Scripture, yay, you know. But I'm tapping into that. I, I don't have time, right? I don't know how to remake myself. I know he does. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I want him to do it, okay? So that's what I do now. And just this happened just in the last two months, right? But when I teach or receive, I'm expected to be transfigured, right? I need that transformation to occur. I want to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, and be something new, be more than I can be. I know now I can't do it on my own. I used to think I could, you know. I'm learning that he's much better at transformation than I am. So, um, that's just for you, too. Um, we need to start thinking about um, <laughs> if, we, if we would, you know, um, we, we do need to be spirit-led. Of course, that's a nice cliche. We, everyone says that. It's a scripture. that. But what that means a lot more is um, at least for me, and at least in, our, in this country, in the Western deal, we're actually led by reason. Yeah. Okay? And we're not really led by spirit. We're led by what's logical, what's natural, what's acceptable. Right? And um, we need to go, well, that's okay, but is there another way? Right? And so last year, on the last calendar year, the Greek calendar, my New Year's Eve resolution was, I am no longer going to think. Okay. Now, it was almost, I almost excommunicated myself saying that out loud, right? Because I love thinking, you know. Right. Exactly right. It's exactly right. And so, we're going to kill ourselves? Well, I'm going to say it. I have no idea what that means because I like thinking. I like understanding. I like pondering. But when I said, I'm going to stop thinking, it meant, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to figure out what you're trying to do and just go with it. I'm just going to say yes and not 
say, okay, now that I said yes, what do we do? Say yes fast and early. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to try to say yes fast and early. Uh, I see a rainbow overhead. Don't think about why the rainbow. Just say rainbow. But are you going to tell me more? Stop wondering. Just do. Do it. Do it faster. And, uh, and so I'm, in, I'm trying to be more in his process and less out of my process, right? Yeah. So, so that's what I'm trying to do. So we need to get, and I'm finding that we're bound by reason and logic. We're held back from the things of God because reason is not just a thing that option. Reason's got claws. Reason's got ropes. Reason binds you, right? And it's like, please lock me up when you agree with your natural mind. And I'm like, I didn't realize I was shackling myself. I thought I was improving myself. I'm a, I'm not, I'm not a great reader, you know, but I like to read, but I'm not a, you know. And I'm, uh, I'll rather watch a video or when I'm driving long distance, I'll put in a teaching deal um, of somebody, you know, and I'm trying to get good stuff. But sometimes someone goes, I want to talk to you. Excuse me, I'm, I'm listening to. <laughs> Do you think maybe I got something for you? No, I think the guy here has got something. I can stop him. You know, you don't pause. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do rewind. <laughs> you know, I can control this one. Right? You're not controllable. <laughs> so not now. And I. That's why I say that's so wrong. So don't do that. Okay. Especially you who does the same thing I do. So. But I'm starting to now go, oh, if you're interrupting me, it's probably for my good. Amen. Forever, I thought, excuse me, I'm busy. I mean, I, you know, hold on, wait a minute, I'm about to get something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, I'm about to get something, you know. And so, anyway, so don't do that. Um, we need to start believing that we can live in two places at one time. I wrote down dual realm living now. Right. Don't try to understand it. Just say, hmm, I'll take some of that. And this, I personally, right now for me, the uh, years ago, I heard someone talk about King David and that scripture about being a man for God's own heart, you know. And I said, I want to be a man of God's heart. I think a lot of the things the Lord is doing in my life is because one day I said that and believed it. Okay. 30 or 40 years ago. He's putting people and, and um, conferences and stuff around me to conform me into that desire that I said 40 years ago, mm-hmm. which I didn't understand, mm-hmm. but I think I really believed it, mm-hmm. didn't comprehend it, mm-hmm. didn't know what I was saying, mm-hmm. but I think he's working off of that statement. Amen. You know, That's weird, right? That's good. Um, now I'm thinking like, what are the bad things that the enemy is working on in my life? <laughs> you know, so I'm working on that stuff too, right? Yeah, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself to be changed. Um, this little drum here, and like, maybe this is a plug from a book, but how this came in my life, all I know now, it's in my life, and if you've done anything about learning about sound and, and worship, um, and they said, frequencies change you. Period. <laughs> okay. Um, sound changes. Sounds a frequency, right? Uh, the sound out of my mouth goes in your ear, which is a frequency, 
the frequency for me is going in you, and that frequency for me is changing you. As you accept the frequency, it's changing parts of your physical body, your brain, and doing stuff. The Lord released a sound, and it changed the whole planet, right? Let there be light. And that sound and frequency went out and did stuff. So what does that mean? You can choose what you listen to, right? You can choose what you are being around, right? The input of voices and sounds, even my voice right now, your voice is a frequency, changes you. His voice even changes us more, right? Joshua 1.8, this book of the law should not depart from my mouth. I've just recently understand that this book of the law is not the five books of Moses. Or da, 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 da. It's whatever words he's spoken to you. Yes. Okay. Whatever words are quickened in your spirit. You know, you're reading the scripture. You're like, whoa, I really like that. That's, man, wow. I was actually in a, I don't mean, I was at a friend's house. I forget her denomination, but it was some denomination that was lesser than mine. And um, we're sitting there talking, and, uh, and she didn't believe in the fivefold ministry at all. And I was like, but she loved the Bible, you know? And I said, well, you know, what do you do with Ephesians? You know? I was just reading that. I did a complete study. I go, you did a complete study, then you saw the fivefold in there. There's no fivefold. I'm sorry, uh, apostle. There's no apostle in that. I, we turn. We got our Bibles out on our floor, and turned there the scripture. And in front of me, she was a little close to me. She was like, "Now, foot it for me." She reads the scripture and says, "I've never seen this before." I said, "You just told me you studied the whole book this week. This verse just now came in my Bible. No, it didn't." <laughs> I've never seen this. And she says, I can see it now. And I'm like going, <laughs> I'm thinking, it's a witch. <laughs> and she's going to marry somebody and be a pastor's wife, you know. But I'm like going, I'm like, what do you mean you didn't see this before, you know? And reason will blind you, right? Um, so, but at the same time, um, God's word will give give light to you too, right? And I'm sitting there going like, you really never saw this before? No, I think I like it. I go, how, I'm thinking, how did you not, it's been here. And so, so when we read our Bibles, just be open for letting God to show you and highlight stuff, right? And, um, and those things he highlights, there's some, there's, there's not more life into it, but the things he highlights is for a special reason, right? And let that reason ruinate in you. There's some reason he's highlighted that section. <coughs> and it has benefit right now and throughout. And so this is where you start journaling. You know, take notes. Lord, I don't know why this scripture is big right now. But I'm going to read it in a few more days and come back to it. You know, and maybe there's something else he wants to show you about that. How it applies either for you or a friend or a family or for your future. Right? So now, I, I, I don't journal really good, but every once in a while, I'll go back and look at an older journal. I'll read something. I go, who wrote this? This is amazing. This is great stuff, you know. And I'm going like, I, I know I wrote it, but I don't remember so, because the context changes, right? So now it's more applicable. When I wrote it, I thought, well, I'm just going to fill this page in with things I learned today. 
just to keep on my journal habit, right? A year later, it's like, wow, this is good. And I'll go back and ponder it and go. And that's what that verse is about. Meditate on those things he's given you. Then there's life and success from those things. Mm, and that's just kind of the key. And it, makes, it keeps you more accountable for the things he shares with you, right? Um, and, it, and it tells you that, you know, when you write it down or store it, it's more important, you know? And it, so it's more important to you and this whole, you know, secular reason when you write some down and when you see it, when you're part of it, it stays with you longer. So that's just good. And then the whole deal, um, Mark 4, 24, um, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. This is Jesus talking, right? The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. So what does that mean? The, you know, see, be careful what you I mean, handle with care the things you hear. So I can go to space and hear it one time and go, well, that was good for that day. Whoop, throw it out. Well, why don't you put some value to that? Maybe, maybe listen to me one more time. Maybe not the whole hour and a half, but maybe kind of, maybe there's something there. What value do you put over the things you hear? Do you put over like, well, I, that one hour was good of my life, but the hour of your life is very important. You know, um, so you start valuing things a little more. Be careful what you put in, into your your, your your ear gate, right? The measure of thought and study you give to truth. The measure of thought. How many times do you go over that verse? How many times do you go over that idea? How many times do you replay that one thing? How many times do you? Look at that dream you had when you had it, you didn't understand it. How many times did you go back to it? Is there something there? There's something about digging for treasure, right? Most treasure is not on the surface, right? You got to put a little effort into it. Most, uh, I've heard different things from different people that there are seven levels in every scripture, right? There's what you read, and there's another level, another level, another level. I'm like, seven? Are you sure? Oh, you mean there's the Greek and the Hebrew. Well, that's probably level one, right? And, but there's just more, right? His word's alive. Mm-hmm. And his word out of anointed person, because you all got God in you, that's alive too. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something I'm not doing very good at. When my wife tells me something, I don't write those things down. And she'll say, this is from the Lord. And I don't value it as much as I should. Now, if some special speaker I like said it, oh, I'd write it down. <laughs> oh. And I would share with people, you know what Justin Abraham told me? <laughs> I never said that to my wife. You know what my wife told me? No, I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, who do you value and who you disvalue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But be careful what you hear, right? Hmm, honor. Is that, you know, what are you honoring in value? What are you appreciating, right? Because, I mean, if you believe that believers have the king of kings abiding them, if you believe that, then maybe something that vessel who's carrying the king, maybe the king's expressing something to their vessel. Maybe they don't look like what you think. The blonde, no blonde hair, no flip flops, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> maybe you don't like his title, you know. <laughs> My pastor's a surfer. I gave him this cool surfing shirt deal. He hasn't worn it yet. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway. Um, all I'm saying is we need to rethink what we do with our thoughts, okay? And the key thing is there are thoughts. You know, you want to your thoughts, right? 
what do you ponder on, right? What do you squeeze, right? Um, I, had a, uh, I had a guy. A guy came to our church, shared this amazing revelation. He spent, <laughs> this guy spent over a year studying Genesis 1-1. I'm like, what? Wow. In the Hebrew, it's seven, seven words. How can you study seven words for a year? And that was this, and he's still doing it, but he, when he at the time, I'm like, dude, can't you get it? <laughs> How slow are you? <laughs> you know, I got it. In the beginning was God. Come on, you know. He says, uh, in, he, in Hebraic tradition, the first seven words of the Jewish Bible uh, contain all the knowledge of the rest of the Bible. Shut up! That can't be true. Well, you know, my brain says nope. You know, his brain open Lord goes yes, and he's there's enough life in those deals. I'm thinking, but do you read anything else? <laughs> you know, and he does, but he's been studying the first seven words for over a year. And I'm like, I thought it just said in the beginning it was God. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know any more in there. And he shared a little bit. He shared. He taught for an hour and a half off of one of the words of the seven. I'm thinking like, I guess there is. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. I guess there is a lot of there, you know. And so it was so amazing. Um, he was speaking at another church. And um, so we meet on Saturday so I can go on churches on Sunday. So he's speaking at another church on Sunday. So I go there because he's always speaking in this church. So I go um, travel the hour and a half. I get up early. I'm not a morning person. I get up early. I go to the deal. I get the bulletin, I get the bulletin, his name's not on there. Usually in a guest speaker, the name's on there, and his name's not there. So I'm thinking, I must have heard wrong, wrong day. This is weird. So anyway, so I, the worship was okay, and I'm thinking, I can't believe I woke up at night. <laughs> you know, and I'm not a worrier. I wanted to hear more, you know, and um, then I see him. I see my pastor come in with him. I think, oh, okay, good. So then the head pastor dude says well today i'm speaking on i'm thinking you're speaking but he's speaking we have a few guests today um we've got uh this guy and this guy you get two guests and i want them to share about about 10 minutes i'm thinking 10 minutes each i i woke up an hour early drove an hour for 10 minutes oh no i've been deceived you know you know and this is a waste of my time so then I thought 10 minutes each. He said 10 minutes. He was like, no, in the 10 minutes, they each got five minutes. And I'm like, what? <sighs> I'm mad. I'm mad now, right? So now I'm thinking, so my guy gets up there, and I'm thinking, well, now he, he spoke on honor the night before too. I'm thinking, surely you're not going to honor the fact that you're limited to five minutes, right? But I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for it, you know. And um, so, in the first three minutes, he does some bad jokes. I'm thinking, you're wasting my time. You're down to two minutes. In two minutes, he shows a revelation that rocked my life. Wow. And I think it was possible. I think you need at least 22 minutes or 20, 30, 40 to do to do that, right? Two minutes, he shared that changed me. And I went, and he said, thank you very much, and walked off. 
And I'm thinking, aren't you mad that you don't have the 45 minutes to do? And, and I'm thinking, like, how did you do that? <laughs> you know? He told one story that undid half my theology and all my year in Bible school and all of my stuff, you know? And I was like, wow, it was on God, you know? All I'm saying is, what do you hear? What do you want to hear? What do you set yourself to hear, right? And so the fact that I woke up early, drove the hour, was not offended by all the things that tried to offend me, I still kept my ear to hear. And I was, I was rewarded, you know? So that was, that was cool. Oh, so that's just a measure of thought. What's your measure of study, right? Do you review anything, you know? You know, at the meeting, it's great. A few hallelujahs, you know? But do you go look at it again? You know? Uh, what are you doing? You know, that measure, you know? Yeah. We need to be students of the word, you know? A workman, you know, show that self-approved. Not trying to prove, you know, being approved by God, but you're supposed to go deep because there's a lot there for you, right? Um, Studying? Like, I'm reading a one-year Bible on my computer. Yep. And I'm behind, but the Lord said... Everyone turn to Colossians chapter 2. Keep reading at the the pace you are. Don't catch up. This... Where you're at. And, um... Is that studying? Yes. You're doing good. Yeah. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Where is Colossians chapter 2 in my Bible? After chapter 1. Thank you. (laughs) Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8. Starting in verse 8. Uh, at his past Colossians chapter 2. There we go. Yeah. Well, for those on the tape and those live who have an issue with the word mystic, we'll read Colossians 2 verse 2. My concern is this, that their hearts may be braced and comforted, cheered and encouraged as they knit, as they are knit together in love, that they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessings of a sure conviction of understanding, that they may be become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret of God, which is Christ, the anointed one. And so, now I did not pick my new mystic name because of the verse, you know. Yeah, but, a <laughs> yeah so, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not, this is not about validating my, my, my Facebook name or my Facebook, my book author term, but we, it's not about titles or name stuff. We need to know, Father, what are you saying about this? Let everything drive you to Him. Mm-hmm. Let every concern, fear, doubt, wondering, Father, 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 Father. And if he doesn't answer you in the first minute, Father, 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 you know, 
we, he says knock, and the amplifier says keep on knocking, right? I could do a tap and run away. <laughs> but if we will knock and want to hear the answer, he'll, he'll be there. You ever done that ring the doorbell and run away game? That's what we do, that's what Christians do. I'll say a prayer, but I really don't want the answer. So I'll engage and run, right? And so God's not tricked. He's like, go to the door and go, who is it? Who, who, who wants to talk to me? Oh, darn, you're not there. <laughs> he doesn't do that, right? But, but when you really need something and you want to be, grow in your relationship with him, he wants to build a relationship with you, okay? He's, he's made himself very accessible, right? Um, the whole deal that still freaks me out is when they went to, you know, out of Exodus and they're invited to go up the mountain and they don't, right? Because, ooh, that fire smoke thing. Moses, you go, right? But before that, though, the 70 went up and ate and drank on the mountain. They went into God's presence. 70 people, 69 other than Moses, went up there and ate and drank with God. That is wild, right? Mm. And so if anyone has issues with going places, huh? Mm. Oh, they did. They, they couldn't handle it. Joshua didn't want to go back. Joshua mm. stayed, right? Mm. So let's, let's go there for a second. If you finally get into some place that you know God's at, right? Your natural body will first want to leave. Yes. Okay, first thing. So now you've got to discipline your body to stay in the presence of God. Okay, once and your body is pretty easy to discipline. Okay, once you get your body able to stay, your brain says we've got to do other stuff. Yes. Okay, so now you got to discipline your brain to stay engaged because your brain is powerful, and it likes to be focused on what it wants to be focused on. It's the sumo wrestling. It's a. <laughs> you can teach next week on the sumo wrestling issues, um, but. Uh, Anyway, so but it's it's a work. God does not increase your endurance. You've got to increase your endurance, right? You got to make yourself stay. You got to say to yourself, "This is good for me," even though some people respond different ways. Some people start shaking. Some people fall out, and so like I had another lady that uh, she would never go forward for prayer because she was a heavy lady, and she did not want to crush the catcher. <laughs> that's why she did not go for it that was her that was her deal right and then i joined the church and little did i know this she studied me going he may be able to catch me yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty big guy i think he works out now i don't know that but i years later i i she tells me this right and so and this is you, you don't know what's going on in people's minds right this lady is in the church wondering about how strong i am i'm thinking you need to hear god right but this is stopping her from receiving the ministry of laying on hands. This is stopping her from receiving the anointing. Her fear of hurting somebody, right? I'm thinking like, wow, you care? I don't care if I follow you. You know what I mean? But she cares, right? And so for years, she's wondering, will there be someone able to catch me? All right? So then I joined the church and I get asked to be a catcher. Little did I know I'm about to save a set someone free. I don't know this, right? I'm thinking I'm, I'm in the ministry now. I have a whole catching teaching series too. But anyway, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> yeah. 
it may go on video how to really catch, you know. So it's I've been I'm in negotiations right now with my daughter. Honey, I wanna do a video series on catching. Dad. No, it's a comedy. It's really good. Anyway, so I'm I'm at my church in Alabama and I'm catching people, you know, and it's just serving. It's an honor to me to be a part of it. And I, da, da, I'm catching, I'm doing one hand catches, I'm doing two hand catches, I'm not dropping anybody, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I work out to catch, I'm doing squats, I mean, I do all this stuff and support my catching ministry. <laughs> anyway, so if you're not doing squats and you're an usher, no, yeah, so. Anyway, so little I know, one day this lady goes up for prayer. And in my mind, I realize I don't think I've seen her there for prayer before. I mean, you know, you know how you, there's people that always go. You know those people, right? Oh, there she is again. Didn't she get prayer for that last one? <laughs> Where's her face? What's going on? You know, anyway, so she goes up there, you know, and, um, and I, I see her looking, and, you know, and I'm up there to catch. And I, and, you know, some people look to make sure there's someone there, you know. Well, she's not looking. I'm not there yet because I'm down there coming this way. And she's kind of like making sure I'm coming, right? Now, I, I don't know. I know this now, but I didn't know it then, right? I'm not like, oh, the lady's looking at me. Why are you looking at me? You know? And so I get there. And once I got there, she was now, now able to focus on God. And not on, am I going to hit the floor? Am I going to kill a guy? <laughs> am I going to be embarrassed? Am I going to fly in the air in my dress? You know, all those things that normal people think about, which I don't think about, because I'm thinking, I'm not thinking on the lady. As a matter of fact, if God's there, I don't care if I crush everybody. You know what I mean? You know, you know. But little I know, this is part of her, right? And sure enough, she goes down, and I catch her, right? And I don't drop her. I don't let her head drop. There's rules. Well, my rules of catching. <laughs> so, and I go on, and I don't think nothing of it, right? A year later, she says, I'm over at house for dinner, group thing. She says, I am so thankful for you. I'm like, what amazing thing did I do? Was it the prophecy that I gave? <laughs> that revelation that I released under the unction of the Spirit of God? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's what I want to hear, you know. While your word transformed me, you were an obedient son. When you let go, I felt the power. And I saw light come, you know. That's what I want to hear, right? And so, so I had two in my ears for that, right? She says, you caught me. I'm thinking, I catch everybody. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know? And I go, what are you talking about? Well, and I don't remember at all. I mean, I, you know, it was this another one, you know, glad it worked out before I caught her, you know, kind of deal. And um, she says, I was afraid, 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 all this fear, 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 fear. And, but then, and she tells this deal, and I'm going like, I never would have thought that that level helps help the person focus on God to be able to receive God. So you never know what your life is doing for other people. You know, your life is affecting more people than you realize. We're not islands. I mean, we're, man. So where did that come from, Colossians 2? I don't know. It's the mystic secret. Everyone should be an usher and catcher. Uh, So skip down to 8. 
again, back to the whole mind thing. See to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you makes you yourselves captives by this so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, uh, idle fantasies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding teachings of Christ, the Messiah. Whoa. For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual mature stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority for every angelic principality and power. It's a lot there, right? I'm not going to hit everything, but I want to look at the first part in verse 8. It says, uh, See to it that no one carries you off as spoil. Spoil, that's something that happens in a battle and a war. I'm just going to church. I'm just going to a conference. I'm just listening to a tape. I'm just watching TV. I'm not in a battle. Oh, yes, you are. There is an assignment that's sent against everybody in this room and everyone out of this room to take your mind captive, to hold you as a trophy up to its God or allegiance or whatever it is, right? And we can give our thoughts, our minds to anything. We can give it to CBS, NBC, sci-fi, your favorite show, your favorite speaker, or you can give it to the Father, yeah. right? It's all choices, right? Yeah. But this one here is an, an aggressive deal. You know, it says, "See to it that no one, see to it. I have responsibility that no one carries your your way, your mind away." Whoa! How do they do it? How do they take it captive through this so-called philosophy? So-called philosophy. May let you let me read you the definition of philosophy that you can all go to. So I just did a Wikipedia. You know, I didn't go to some spiritual book. Went to a dictionary. <laughs> um, so-called philosophy. Philosophy. So-called philosophy means the study of proper behavior and the search of wisdom. The original meaning of the word philosophy comes from the Greek words philo, meaning love, sophos, meaning wisdom. When someone studies philosophy, they want to understand how and why people do certain things and how to live a good life. In other words, they want to know the meaning of life. I go, well, that sounds really nice. So, religion. religion. Ding, ding, ding. So, who? what did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10? I am the way, the truth, and life. Yes. You know, there's an abundant life. Okay? So, I can learn how to live from anybody or from him. Everyone releases a philosophy, right? Some philosophy is, well, if you go to the gym two hours a day, you eat green stuff and stuff, this will make your life better. Okay? Now, it'll make part of your life better. Some good stuff there. But that's all I tell you. I'm not telling you about the abundant life. I'm telling you about a good physical life, what's good in you, comes good out of you. Da, da, da. But he's saying, like, there's, a, there's teaching out there, definitely in movies. You, you can see it very apparent in movies and commercials and stuff. Of There's a way of life. Okay? That's a so-called philosophy. The Bible has the way of life to live, right? And we get to choose 
What life do you want to know about? Right? I'm talking about the day of, well, he's inviting us to this spiritual life. Right? We've lived this churchy life. Ooh, yeah. bad. I just told you, don't even live the Christian life. I want us to live a, a God life. Yeah. Wait a minute here. Oh, you said God like. We knew it was a cult meeting. <laughs> you know, I don't know what this is. I, I don't know. What this, I don't know what this is. I know it's different from religious life. I know it's different from only read the red verses of the, in the New Testament. I actually met people who believe that Jesus speaks the King James. Jesus said the King James Bible. I said Jesus said the King. And the guy was serious too. I was like, we can't have, we can't talk anymore because <laughs> you believe Jesus had a king. And the guy said, we're talking. Well, the King James Bible is good enough for Jesus. It's good enough for me. <laughs> he wasn't joking. I thought I need to run now. I need to go because you can't. He believed Jesus Christ when he was on the planet had a King James Bible. <laughs> The Bible, King James Bible, was written in 16-something, right? It didn't exist, right? Right. And he... Jesus didn't speak English, right? You know? And see, this... And this... We're just... We're, we're all weird, right? We're all degrees of weirdism, right? And I thought, wow, we need to have a relationship with the living God, right? And that's all I'm saying. And the great thing is, it's not just for special people. You know, God's for everybody, right? Some people, um, the, um, worship the Bible. Ah. Instead of <gasps> she said the truth. God. Yeah, that's sad. Um, me and my friend, um, he said, he said that on Facebook, and I agreed with it. And then this dude, um, Facebook me. It's the message like, why did you agree with that? That's not true. The Bible's the word of God. And and how can you how can you say that the Bible's not true and and and, and how can you say that you, you only worship God and 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 Bible's the truth, the Bible is da 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 it's like it's truth. I don't yeah. worship a book. Yeah. I worship God. It's, it's a very subtle thing there because they mean right, but they stop short, right? And so, and also in this scripture, it says uh, an intellectualism. This was me, right? So the definition is devotion to intellectual pursuits, the exercise of your intellect, excessive emphasis on abstract intellectual matters. <laughs> here's this bad part. Especially with a lack of proper consideration of emotions. Okay. My first girlfriend was a crier. So when I tried to break with her, she started crying. I didn't know how to deal with emotions. So I stayed in that relationship. So I was manipulated by emotions. At that point there, I said, I put the category, all emotions must be bad. Because they were used against me. Okay. And so I shut that down. Right. Until just three years ago, and I found out God had emotions. I thought, well, if God has emotions, and He's not a wet, He's not a flaky, you know, maybe I should deal with my emotions. And so I'm in the process of that, right? 
I'm in process. Don't let it down yet. But I won't leave the room if you start crying, which I used to do. Because I didn't know what it was. I thought you were manipulating. And, you know, I, I, uh, manipulation, here it is, you know. So, and intellectual people deal only with reason. I was so pro-reason and logic. If it didn't fit in my reason deal, I, wouldn't, I couldn't do it. If I didn't understand it, it couldn't be God. <laughs> What's that mean? Yeah, and I said that. No, don't understand. That's not, I can't be God. So, God has to explain everything before he does. That's right. What does that make me? Makes me God. I was making God bow down to me to, well, let's not do that until you let me know everything about that. I'm not going to go share the gospel with Johnny until you tell me about how the gospel is going to affect Johnny's life. Until I know that, I'm sitting here. Well, I didn't go see Johnny, and God didn't tell me either, so I thought, well, obviously, it really wasn't you anyway. It was bad. I heard, I heard this one. Um, what's your purpose? When my friends, when my friends came down here, Greg, Greg and Sheila, and, and they came to my church, and and um, I didn't realize this was the world of the spirit until something yeah. happened to me. And um, and I kept asking them, "What's your purpose? What's your purpose? Why are you here? Why did God call you down here? What's your purpose?" I mean, the pastor, my friend. Mm. It's like, what's your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you staying with, with this person? Yeah. Me. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. What's your purpose? Yeah. Reason is. I mean, reason limits you, right? I was like. Reason limits everybody. Purpose. Why do they have to have a purpose? Why do you have to know you have the purpose? Are you God? Yeah. I mean, only God knows their purpose. Yeah. So verse 9 here. For in him the fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form. Talking about Jesus. And the verse that will, will change you if you let it change you is, and you are in him. And I know Kevin mentioned about the in hymns. You know, that's a good study. You can do that. You are in him. And you can live off that verse right there. You are in him. You are in him, and then you're made full in having come to the fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. You too have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in you. And that's an amazing truth that I cannot comprehend. I do not understand, but I'm choosing to believe it. Amen. And the more truth that the Lord shows you is truth that you choose to agree with, the more you can be changed. Amen. Don't seek to get your truth, um, the truth the Lord shows you, to get it validated by friends or family of people because that's just a battle, right? Yes. But the real battle starts with you. <clears throat> Will you agree with what the Lord shows you? Not what Wally shows you, not what Speaker X shows you, in your time of growing relationship with the Father, the Father says, I want you to look at this verse. You read it. Don't try to understand it. You go, he's just asking, will you, will you agree with that or not? I don't understand it. I didn't ask you to understand. Do you agree? If you agree with what he shows you, 
he can start explaining it to you. And if you agree with what he shows you, it can start working in you, right? Because it's alive. His words are alive. Amen. So Hallelujah. I just came down here for a couple of days to say, hey, let's change, Amen. right? Not because change is good, because he wants us to change. Amen. But he needs us to, he'd like us to be in agreement Amen. with his process. If you choose not to agree with the process, he made us powerful enough to do that. We can have our own way. We can have our cake, eat it too, but the Lord won't be there. Hallelujah. Now he may be in the room going like, well, when you're done with your cake and eating it too, can we talk? I'm eating my cake. Leave me alone. I have my cake. You know, I'll talk to you when I'm done. And the Lord is so patient. He doesn't go away. He's sitting there going, I want to talk to Wally. I love Wally. I want to spend time with Wally. Wally right now wants to watch a movie. Okay. He's waiting. And so if you choose to spend time with him, he'll spend time with you. Yeah. If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Right? But now, I said, well, I'm taking the first step. Actually, he took the first step a long time ago. He said, Geez. he's done all this stuff, right? But he's, he's set the stage allowing me to engage with him. Right? I have no excuses. There's nothing limiting me. Okay. I'm going to show this last thing and it will be done. And this, and again, there's a big difference between un understanding, even my, I need to understand, I need to, I need, and just putting yourself in a place of acceptance, okay, or being open. Now, any of us who have control issues, we are not open. We say the word open and we go, I'm not open. I'll say open to you, but I'm still controlling what's going to happen. So I'm still learning to be open, which is trust, right? I don't trust people because they all hurt me, right? I don't trust godly people. They hurt me. But what I, I gave this word at our, at our church today is don't confuse trusting a godly person who's still on the planet, who has the potential to hurt you, kill you, and God. God is not a man he should lie or kill you accidentally, right so but we get this we keep doing this god that pastor that church that 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 hurt me i don't trust them therefore i don't trust you too so if i shut down to these you indirectly shut down to him too okay by default if i if i can't love my brother who i can see i i shut down right so what that means is okay yes they hurt me i'm hurt and you shut down. Mm. Father, help my help me to love anyway. Wow, there you are, God. I can see you now. But if you're shut down and hurt, you can't engage in love, right? But us hurt people who think we know a thing go to meetings and we're like, I want to trust God, but I don't trust a man. Well, okay, don't trust a man. Don't have a wall against a man, but. Father, I don't know what's going on. I want to be open. Heal my wounds. Heal my hurt. Open me up. And I want to hear from you. I don't need to hear from a smart man, smart woman, smart, smart, whatever. I'm setting myself to hear from you because you're faithful. 
When I did that, when I got my heart open where I could love or was willing to love, wasn't loving, but willing to love, right? I was now open for more revelation. That freaked me out. I thought if I was closed and guarded, I'd get revelation. But when you're open to receive, because faith works by love. It doesn't work by hurt. It works by love. I don't like that, but anyway, that's the way it works. So I'm at this meeting, working on my love gate or whatever, working on, before I knew what gate was, but working on being a loving person versus a cautious person. <laughs> okay. So I'm there loving. The guy's speaking about sons of God manifesting on the earth. I know that scripture. I want a real revelation. Give me something real. Give me something deep. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And um, he says, he starts talking about, you know, the scripture, all creation is groaning. We all know that, right? When he said all creation is groaning, I had a flashback, not an encounter. I had a memory. I was walking my father's dog and um, down the hill to the little patch of grass where he does his business and we walk back up, right? We're at the patch of grass and I'm standing there, and I had this, and I had just been studying sometime that week about all creations groaning type deal, waiting for the sons of God to manifest. Mm -hmm. and, and if you believe you're a son of God, you know, you're in that process of manifesting. So I'm standing there waiting for my dog, my dad's dog to do his business. And um, it's at night, it's like 10 o'clock, 10.30, it's dark, right? I'm standing there, do, 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 do. And I go, I turned this group of trees here, and I felt like the trees were talking to me. <laughs> And I thought, trees don't talk. And they didn't, I didn't hear anything, but I thought they were trying to communicate. Okay. I didn't hear no words, no nothing. I turned to them and I realized, oh, these trees are creation. They're groaning, the Bible says so, waiting for us. I turned the trees and out loud I said, I'm sorry I repent for not manifesting the Son of God yet. Forgive me for taking so long. They didn't say anything. I repented out loud. Then I went, oh my God, I'm talking out loud. So I looked around to see the neighbors or somebody came out. I'm doing this deal, all right? Now, I didn't see anybody, but I'm, you know, and the dog's still doing this. So I thought, that was weird. But I repented out loud to this group of trees. I thought, well, took care of that. And I looked down, and I thought I was supposed to repent to the patch of grass. Because that's creation, too. I thought, well, I did the trees. Yeah. Uh, grass, my bad. Um, sorry I haven't got to that place, whatever that is, the Son of God manifest and revealed. Um, uh, I'm trying. <laughs> sorry I'm not there yet. Okay, trees, grass, you good? You good? <laughs> Looking around because... I'm looking, because people walk their dogs, I'm looking around to see if I'm out, you're good. So my, so my dad's dog looks up at me. Oh, darn. Okay, dog, creation, I repent too for not being, you know, manifesting yet. So at that point in time, I have dealt with creation. It was manifested by a dog, patch of grass, and a clump of trees, right? Back to the meeting. So when he's talking about creation, I'm thinking like, took care of that. I've already repented to patch of grass. My dad's dog and these clump of trees representing all creation. He starts talking about, well, creation is just not uh, 
this planet is always stars and galaxies and stuff. I'm like, what? It's more than the patch of grass. <laughs> now, no one else knows it. I'm sitting wrong. Like, it's like, and I say to myself, wow. I open myself up to, oh, I thought it was just, I'm now open to it being 360,000, whatever the number is of galaxies, more than one, right? And I say to myself, oh, wow, it's all creation. Wow. Hmm. And this is, I say, wow, to myself, I'm out of my body. I'm someplace. And I'm like, and I don't do out of the body. I've read stories, which I never thought were true. You know, they're all weirdos. And now I'm there. And now that I'm there, I'm looking at me, but not the me I'm looking at is a baby form. I'm looking at a baby being held by somebody. And the scene is a scene out of The Lion King. You know, where they're holding Simba up over the, over the savannah and all the animals there. Well, I was being held up by God over something. And I thought, what? I, I'm supposed to be in the conference, <laughs> you know, in, in my front row listening to this guy talk. But now I'm a baby being held up. So I'm thinking, what am I being held up by? And it's God. I know it's my father. And then I'm looking, and I don't, and there was no image. It was just like, I just know it's my father. And he says, this is my son. And I went, Finally, I know for, he said, I'm his son. I'm the son of God. Now I've got scripture. We all got that. So in my baby form, I'm, like, I'm all excited. I'm going, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, and I see myself doing like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm a son. I'm a, he said it. It's true. I'm a son. I'm a son. Now I'm a baby, so I can't, I'm not, I can't say I'm a son, but I'm, yeah. And so I want to rejoice in that moment in this, whatever I'm in, in this baby form, so I'm doing it. But before I can fully rejoice and comprehend what he said, I hear a voice behind me. And either he turned me or I turned. And instead of the savannah of animals, it's all creation. It's all creation. And all creation says, this is his son. Hallelujah. And I went, he said it. They said it. He knows. They know. I don't know. But if they, he said, I mean, does everyone know but me? That's the point. And I, I didn't really know I was the son of God. So I'm thinking, so the, real quick, I'm thinking, okay, if he said it, okay, it's got to be true. And if they said it, it's got to be true. They know. I know. Okay. So in that, so in that second or minute of time, I'm like, okay, I want to believe I am what he says I am. And I want to believe I am what they say I am. So as I'm in the process of trying to agree and believe that, creation says, when are you going to be? And I went, whoa. Boom, I'm back in the conference in my chair going, I don't know what has happened. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going like, I'm thinking they'll say, where did you go or something, you know? I might turn and no, nothing. Now, I'm on front row. Ed's, there's no one here, but there's a gap in an aisle. No one just looking like I, you know. That didn't happen. I'm back to taking notes. <laughs> you know? 
but it's like in my brain, you know, it's really, really clear. And I'm like, man, if I tell myself this, I'm going to lock me away. So I got to push it away, you know. But it didn't go away. It was like, you know, a vivid, vivid memory type deal. So I get back, I push it far back, you know, I'm back to my Bible, my notes, and this guy who's speaking is just like, <clears throat> so it's a lot of notes, right? I mean, you're like, and it's not like using the Bible, which I don't like, you know, but I'm thinking, notes. <clears throat> so I get through the, the, the full day of meetings, get back to the hotel room, and I've got to tell somebody, and I got, for the, for the conference, I got three roommates, right? Or two roommates, or three is right. And I tell them, and they go, really? You, just you. <laughs> yeah, aren't you excited for me? <laughs> they weren't excited for me. So now that I'm a Facebook person, I'm going to tell them, and they weren't excited for me either. <laughs> and I put on there, I, I found a picture of, of the Lion King deal. I said, I had a Lion King visitation. <laughs> you know? And I told them what happened. I got no likes. And no comments. <laughs> and I thought, well, I guess it didn't happen then. <laughs> you know? And went, power off, go to bed. You know, All I'm saying is we, we are sons of God. Okay. The issue is, do you really believe it? Okay. And will you follow his process to mature you, to groom you, to prepare you, to make you ready to be where creation will go. Thank you for doing your part. Thank you for, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. When you read the scripture, when you go home, it's Romans, who knows the scripture by heart? I forget it. It wasn't in my message. Today. Find it. Romans 8, maybe? What kind of students of the Bible are you? <laughs> we'll find it here in a minute. But all I'm saying is, we're, stay in the process. Stay with him. Do what he says. You know, grow in your relation with the Father, and you'll you'll grow up, right? Don't don't leave home without Him, okay? Um, and it'll be all good. So thank you so much for for coming and being, and and we're done. <laughs> <laughs>